Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Episode 21 of the Real Flicks podcast, you guys. We're, 21. Uh, 21. Wow. Yeah, Our I, podcast is like legal. They're ready yeah. to go. Just about, but uh, yeah, I erroneously attributed it as 21 a few times ago, but I've seen the air my ways, and I realized that I can count. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, now we're now we're in the clear. Now we're 21. Now we can do all that cool 21 year old stuff. So now it's it's all downhill from here. Cause like once you hit your 21st birthday, you just like that's the last one before it's like death is coming. You know, <laughs> like there's nothing. There's nothing. There's no big. <laughs> Like, the only next big milestone for age is retirement, and then it's death. I mean, so. 50 is pretty cool. Yeah, but... Every 10 years is pretty good. I know, that's kind of... I don't know, 50 feels like it might be de- more depressing than nah, than not, but I don't know, I'll ask my dad. I'm going to embrace oldness and death with open arms, so... I mean, yeah, maybe you're practically old. already old, I don't know why you're... Yeah, I've been old... <laughs> I've been old for a long time. I just, it's, it's a problem. I bought like six sweaters the other day and I'm just <laughs> like, they're all like really tight. Like I'm being suffocated. It's really nice. <laughs> sweaters are me. I've never had a sweater in my life. Really? No, no, no. Not like, not, it doesn't have to be like a sweater vest, but just like a, a sweater that you wear, you know? No, not, not as, I, I don't wear sweaters. I don't think I've ever worn a sweater. Like a crew neck sweatshirt. No. Wow. What? You haven't lived. I, don't you I, live? I, you live in Maryland, so I wear I wear hoodies sweater. and jackets. That's, hoodies is the same thing. That's not a sweater. It's it's a sweat. It is if you're old. Yeah, that's true. Wow, I'm learning a lot about you, and I'm not sure if I like it. <laughs> <laughs> sweaters are the priority. Sweaters and lighthouses are like the two. Or a like sweater vest today. Like a lighthouse wearing a sweater. I'm wearing a sweater right now, so I'm kind of offended. But New <laughs> workers. Yeah. It's coat. It's black, and it's like, oh, it's cozy. But like, like I said, I feel like I'm being choked, which is nice. But uh, anyways, <laughs> it's like BDSM almost. But you could say something some about quagmire you. going on. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, back. We got a pretty big show today, and I swear, I don't know. I have. I don't know ahead of time that when we schedule these DC episodes, that we're just gonna get crapped on with news. But it's, <laughs> it just kind of happens. So that's you know. That's nice. Uh, I, I, I'm wa- I'm wondering what will happen with the MCU retrospective coming up. That'll be, you know, <laughs> maybe RDJ will just up and quit. You never know. But uh, before we get to our conversation of the day, we got talking about Man of Steel uh, in preparation for Dawn of Justice. Josh, let's uh, let's look around and see what's going on in the news biz this week. All right. So first, we got a couple uh, little casting things. Actually, not very little. One of them is pretty big. Um, first one, um, Ty Sheridan. You guys know who Ty Sheridan is? Let's yes. He, he was in Mud, if I'm correct. Yeah, he was great that in Mud. means nothing to me. He's, the new, he's the new Cyclops. Okay. He was in Jurassic World? No, he was not. Are you sure? No. Uh, Cyclops. Oh, right. okay. That's that other kid. Um, I thought you said Cyborg or meant Cyborg, <laughs> so I was really confused when it took me to a picture of a white kid. Yeah. <laughs> but, That's all right. That'd be I'm something. into it. That'd be a, that'd be a race or like a you know skin color switch that people would not be excited about. I think. Oh no, people would be pissed. Um, but anyway, he's all the more reason to, to do it though. <laughs> he's gonna be playing the lead in Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. So. And what is that again? 
That is the it's like a I don't know exactly the plot. I haven't read the book, um, but it's basically like a, it's a big nostalgia trip for '80s video games. That's what I get from everything was, I've read of it. Um, like a good it's a pixels. Big, yeah, pretty much. It's basically like a big. It's a it's a big sci-fi action adventure. Um, so if that, I mean, I'm excited for this. This is like one of my most anticipated movies of 2018 now, since so it's not 2017 anymore. Um, but because it's you know Spielberg going back to blockbuster territory. Yeah. Um, and I I love Ty Sheridan. Um, I, he was the probably the best thing in Mud, even better than Mahon, McConaughey. Can never pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, this I, guy, Ty Sheridan. Nick from that one. Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the guy's filmography. He starts off with Tree of Life, then he does with Terrence Malick movie, then he goes Mud. Got a couple of smaller things, and now he's in the yeah X Men, and then Ready Player One. Like this kid's getting huge. Like he's gonna yeah. be a monster at some <laughs> at, if he isn't already. I mean, he's 19 years old, so. Geez, sky's the limit for Ty Sheridan. Damn. Lucky but, um, schmuck. Yeah. Did I? Did either of you guys read the book that it's based on? I didn't. know. Yeah, I will before it comes out. Yeah. I don't think I'm going to. I feel yeah. like it's. You know, first um, that does that that doesn't seem like it's very much up my alley. So eh, maybe I'll I'll probably just wait for the movie. I decided I liked reading the books before. Like. Yeah. I, I, I would have enjoyed The Martian it. even more. Oh if yeah. I read the book. Before. Light Between Oceans, man. That's that's a a more that's a more like sedating read, I guess, like a sedated kind of read, but it's still it breezes by pretty nicely. And if you imagine Fassbender and Vikander, it just makes all the more better. Uh, I'm I just started rereading The Snowman because I it's can't. so good. that it was such a good book. I I thank you for that suggestion. You're welcome. Anytime. There's there's nine more in the series, so <laughs> I don't think I'm going to. Uh... I'll let you know. I'll I'll hit you up. Tell uh, me the good ones, please. Yeah. So Josh, you just you're over the moon about this, aren't you? Yeah, I love it. So they got a <laughs> cool. they got a good cast so far. They got him and um, the girl from oh Olivia Cook, right? Olivia Cook, yeah. Um, and then there was um, and then uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to this movie. I think it sounds great. Wow. Um. Okay. Should be something else. All right. Cool. What's up next? <laughs> uh, next up, another casting, another young person who's apparently making their way through hollywood uh zendaya i hope I'm, i, I guess name. that's right um is going to be playing a major lead role in the next year's new spider-man movie electro right no i <laughs> <laughs> like i use that just uh, um but yeah i don't know who this is i she's a singer she a, no, I she's think, a she's a Disney Channel starlet. She's a Disney Channel, okay. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I babysitted once and I caught some of the show. <laughs> and by that I mean I watch it religiously on Netflix. Uh, but she goes by one name. Yeah, that's correct. Well, Bono. Edge. Only douchebags do that. I know, but <laughs> Beyonce. Oh, um, ah, hey, don't say that. You're gonna get our podcast banned. I don't. Topical. <laughs> Good. Speak the truth. Um. um her actually, her name is actually Zendaya Coleman, so I don't know why she dropped the name. Actually, Zendaya. yeah, I don't. She's fine. She's I'm, just. She good? I mean. Yeah, I mean, I my knee jerk reaction. This was like, okay, probably because she's black. Like, they want to. They want to be more diverse. Like people, they, they, Marvel's even said it. Yeah, they said they're they're looking to get this movie more diverse because that's. I mean, let's call it what it is. The last five Spider-Man movies were like. I don't. I can't. Aside from Jamie Fox, was there yeah. anything that wasn't white? Yeah, it was like getting, it's like having <laughs> ten people shine a flashlight at your face, pretty much. <laughs> well, um, 
Can you get wider than Martin Sheen, though? Like, he's... But, I mean, as long as she's... I mean, if she's a good actress, if they like her... She's got got a lot of charisma. Like, she can be... She can be really fun. Like, she's she's Uh, a good performer, so I'm not worried. Apparently, she's playing a girl named Michelle, and I don't know of any Michelle, um, but I, I don't know, so... Yeah. Hopefully she's good. Um, okay. Next up, okay, and then the third final casting, biggest one, probably the best one, uh, hey. J.K. Simmons. Woo! He's going to be playing Commissioner Gordon in Justice League. Wow. Cody, what do you think about this? Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Nothing, you're not um, swayed I either think way? Pretty he's cool. playing the wrong role in a superhero movie. Oh, really? What do you think? He needs to play uh, J. John Jameson. No, he needs Again. to play this one. It's the only character he can play. Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> Come on, guys. Let's get serious. <laughs> I think it's awesome. J.K. Simmons is an amazing anchor. I'm super excited. Josh, what about you? God, both of you are, like, scaring me with these reactions today. <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, I said he's, I was like, oh, he sucks. I hate him or something. But yeah. No, he's great. Um, but yeah, I, this is, when I first saw this, cause I, I was like, how, I saw this and I was like, wow. What's the over under on how many fist pumps you did? <laughs> did you get well, a solid, yeah, I was about to say, a solid dozen? Okay, that's nice. Yeah. Like, solid. I was just like, oh man, this is so cool. Like, I was like, I, cause there were rumors that Gordon was gonna be already dead in this universe, which I was like, that's really dumb, cause I wanna see more Gordon. Right. Um, especially if this Batman's gonna be more like a detective type of thing. <laughs> So I can like, <laughs> sorry about that. I can like sense you're like, just when anybody ever says detective, I just kind of seize up. It's very, <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, it's going uh, nuts. Raz al Ghul says it like 40 times in Narkom city. I know i barely played that game. I was just paralyzed most of the time, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think this is awesome. J.K. Simmons is one of the best actors working today, especially after whiplash, which was mm-hmm. amazing. Um, it's going to be a really subtle uh, role compared to... Well, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe not. I mean, uh, how uh, often is uh, Commissioner Gordon going nuts? Batman, were you rushing or were you dragging? <laughs> <laughs> you did not hit that guy I hard know. enough. Who's he going to throw a symbol at? I don't know. The Riddler? Is he going to decapitate him or something? <laughs> um, but yeah, this guy, I love this guy. And I mean, Gordon's awesome character. I love Gordon. So I, I'm... I dying to see this. I just wish it wasn't a year and a half away or whatever it is. So, yeah, I even, but, even I said that in the text. I was like, why, why not Batman v Superman though? Yeah, they got enough characters. In that. Oh, c- cuts Flash or Cyborg or whatever, and get Gordon in there. Even if it's only a scene or two, it's still Gordon, you know. But um, I I did I jotted down some just some thoughts and questions that I want to get your guys' opinions on. Um, yeah. I already said that. Uh, first of all, this gives me a lot of hope for bat- future Batman movies, just by the fact that we have Gordon. Because I was, I'm worried that people were gonna, it was, the movies are gonna be done without him, just to be like different. Yeah, they're trying to differentiate which, themselves from the other ones too much. Yeah, which I'm all about that to an extent, but eh, at the same time, he's awesome and I love Gordon. Yeah. So uh, there's there's that. Uh, the second is more aesthetics. I'm I really hope that they don't put a wig on him. You want him bald? Yeah, I want him like I. The, when I saw this, I pictured Gordon. I just I pictured him in like uh, he's got like a white shirt underneath with like a black tie, kind of like a, a coat over, a coat uh, over it, some like stubble and stuff like that, like black rim glasses. And did you did you see the picture I just sent? No. Yeah. 
check it on check the chat check the skype okay uh, i don't know how to do that i'm 90 years old remember uh but yeah like that was i i hope he's bald i just that that'll be kind of a different look because gordon's always kind of he's got this like uh he's always got this look to him so i'm hoping they deviate from that a little bit plus wigs just kind of look fake so why not let him be bald <laughs> Uh, it'll it'll help the bald to haired ratio in the movie. So, because uh, Cyborg's bald, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, um, okay, I already did the Whiplash joke. So, uh, <laughs> I, I I made a note to myself to say that, by the way. Uh, and then the last one I think is most interesting. So, since this is this movie is heavily inspired by Dark Knight Returns, could this be a retired slash retiring Gordon? And then they introduce Ellen Yandel, like Dark Knight Returns. What do you guys think? It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see that. Yeah. It hasn't been done before, so I'd be I'd be interested in that. You know, but I I guess that's all sort of up in the air based on what direction Dawn of Justice goes in. Yeah. But that was one of my first thoughts because I've I for some reason I really I've always loved that whole storyline of selecting a new police commissioner, and then Gordon kind of transitioning into life outside of it. So, just a couple of thoughts. But uh, yeah. cool. They're they're definitely swinging for the fences with uh with actors in these movies. So it's you know I I respect that. But, uh, any other thoughts? Awesome. I'm yeah. excited. Oh man, the memes. All the memes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on, Josh. All right. So speaking of DC, uh, we got a. We told you it was going to be heavy. <laughs> um, there was a massive uh, coverage on Batman vs Superman and also like, other elements of DC, but mainly Batman vs Superman and uh, Entertainment Weekly this uh, past week. Um, and a couple things I just wanted to pull out from that because it's mostly just like talking about interviews with all the actors, the basic stuff. It's really cool stuff, but there's a couple kind of highlights that I really want to talk about. Um, I don't know if this was it, part of that, but. It's it did come out this week. Uh, Suicide Squad. Um, Warner Brothers is apparently apparently they're really happy with the movie. They're already getting a sequel prepped, assuming that it does well, um, and are want to get it started by next year. Wow! Yikes! So, must be good. <laughs> yeah. So. Hmm. Cody, what do you think? Are I mean, you last time it happened? Um, that happened. We got a really good movie. So. When, when was that? Guardians. Deadpool. Oh. <laughs> well, both and of the, those, actually. Guardians, too, yes. Yeah. Don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm reserving judgment until I see the yeah, movie. Cause... See, that's a, it's a bit pre- presumptuous. You know how I said I always start with a movie as a 5 out of 10? For Suicide uh-huh. Squad, I might make that a 4, just because. Well, just because of Jared Leto? <laughs> just because of Jared Leto, yeah. Maybe he loses the sweatpants, but... What if uh, he sends you a rat in your mailbox? Will you like him then? Well, I'll give it to my cat, so sure. <laughs> Gotta be alive. Though. Gotta be alive so the boys can chase it. Um. Okay, and then the next thing is... Uh, remember that R-rated Ultimate cut that we were talking about? Um, so now we have a little more details on what exactly is going to be in it. Um, so the thing is, they said it's going to be... It is going to be a little longer, obviously. Um, they said it's not going to be like already for like blood or anything. It's just more. It's just the same type of action they have, but like just longer. Cursing. So, and so it's basically just because the MPAA is really stupid because the way they rate things. Um, because a kid can see a guy's head get blown off, but 
God help him if he sees a little bit of a side boob, you know? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Dear. And then, but there's also uh, a couple of characters that are going to show up in it that were cut out of the final cut. Ooh, who? Um, I don't know the oh, not the um, I don't know who they're playing, but um, Jenna Malone, who I she's I think Zack Snyder said she isn't playing Barbara Gordon or yeah. Batgirl or something. I don't remember who she's not playing, mm-hmm. but she's going to be in the director's cut and not the final cut. Um, so there's that. And there's also going to be more, another like East, some other Easter eggs for like justice league and dark side and things like that. So Ugh. that's, what's going to be in there. I don't, I, I, I never get, I don't get director's cuts. I really don't. Cause how, really? how much time and preparation and just revisions do, does a script and a movie go through? And then they still, I don't know, I, I've, I've come around to thinking that this is just a cash grab. They just want to make more money no, from another release. I, because if these were, if, if all this crap was that important to you, you wouldn't, you would have included it in the movie. So I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm getting annoyed about is, that. I, I, as someone who's made like other short films and written scripts, I, I do, I get why they do it. Because the thing is, you can write a script and then you film it and then right later when you're in the editing room you can realize i don't actually think i need this scene i like yeah. the scene it's a good well done thing but i don't want it it doesn't fit in the yeah, whole context I, movie or slows pacing down hmm. or something like that i understand that i told i get what you're saying but they're also they're using this movie to launch a cinematic universe so i think that they'd be a little bit more particular about what the what goes into the movie it just the, this is starting. I I started off being like, oh wow, this is interesting too. It just reeking cash grab. Yeah, but they've. It's not like they made the movie said we're gonna make this version and then we're gonna make this version. They made this version and then they decided, you know what, this is a great version, but we want to cut it down a little bit. And these are the things that aren't ex- essential to the bare bones story that we're telling. Mm-hmm. So they just cut that stuff out. I was like, okay, we'll release this version later when we can, you know, put it on Blu-ray. But for, this is the version that should be in theaters that we can. Obviously, it'll be a little leaner. It'll obviously they need a movie can only be so long because they need to have it in as many screens as possible. Yeah. Because they need this movie to do well. Mm-hmm. So. I, okay, I I understand that. Just, I, I, the way Christopher Nolan does things, he just he once said he's like I don't do director's cuts because I don't need them, or I don't <laughs> release deleted scenes because I don't have them. You make the well, movie. I could. He should have. Deleted many scenes from Interstellar, so oh, I don't. Uh, really I wouldn't cut. That a, was mean. I wouldn't cut a frame, but no, I get. I, I totally <laughs> get what you're saying. Just uh, whatever, Cody. What do you think? Are you whose side are you on? Oh boy, Merritt v. <laughs> Merritt v. Needle, Dawn of. Oh gosh. Um, I don't know. Can I say I don't really care? Sure. Sure. I, it's just it's you. Not a big deal. I'm gonna watch both of them. Sure. I'm gonna probably like both of them as long as Batman's in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> Hey, if they feel like they need two versions of the movie, mm-hmm. cool. Okay. I mean, does that, I mean, didn't there's there's a couple cuts of Watchmen. Yeah, Zack Snyder's not uh, new at this either. Yeah, yeah. he does that a lot. That's based on a. That's also based on a book. So he and he pretty much did make the book. It's so true. it's kind of different. That's true. Yeah. A little bit different, but like Tales of the Black Freighter, that should never be in Watchmen to begin with. So, in the actual graphic novel, so that was cool that part of it. But cool. All right, let's. Any any more thoughts? Yeah. Okay. Um, no, I I like it. So. Awesome. Any? Do we still have any word about who Jenna Malone is going to be, or are they just going to keep, you know, dancing around it until the Blu-ray release? I mean, 
I heard a rumor that she was Carrie Kelly, who was a former Robin and then went on to become Bruce's assistant. That's lame. So, I mean, <laughs> that's the only... I don't... I that's don't probably really what it is, though. Yeah. yeah. Um, like... I don't know. Any? Uh, what about Scoot McNary? I haven't heard anything about him recently. Um, I mean, I there, I heard he's playing Jimmy Olsen, but I, uh, he, Can I then say I heard... his name again, please. Scoot McNary. It's Scoot. Yeah. Oh, what a schmuck. <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Wow. Scoot. Who goes by Scoot? Scoot? What adult male goes by Scoot? Well, apparently he does. Wow. Okay. Sorry. Maybe his parents hated him. Was this? Yeah. Uh, I just. Think, <laughs> I feel like I would. The last thing I would cut in this movie would be Jenna Malone's character, Scoot. and then <laughs> Jenna Malone's character, and then, like Dark Side or whatever future references. I don't know, there's. I feel like there's other. You can get other things out of there that you don't. I mean, if those things aren't essential to this story, they're just. I mean, it's just more set up for another movie. Well, it may, it's making me a little bit more worried about the movie now, just because they're having to cut so much. Oh, well. All right, cool. Next, what's up next? Um, one, The one other DC thing. Um, there was, I guess, this is our first review of the movie, mm-hmm. because uh, Anthony Bresnikan, I think I'm pronouncing his name right, um, writer of EW, he did get to see the movie. Um, few people have now seen it, um, and apparently people are, the people that have seen it are saying it's really great, um, aside from a few concerns they had, um, but, um, if you, if you, uh, want to go look at the tweet, he put out a tweet about all his thoughts in the movie, and generally said pretty much, mostly positive things about it. Yeah, I'll, I'll read it off here. I got it right in front of me. Uh, he bullets it out, one through six. If you love Man of Steel, you'll love BVS, Batman vs. Superman, obviously. If you love Man of Steel but not the end, BVS may redeem that. If you hated Man of Steel and the whole grim dark thing, okay, probably not for you. <laughs> Wonder Woman is fearsome. Interesting use of words there. There's a moment between Superman and Batman that'll make even the most cynical tear up a little. I tear up a little. I'll be the judge of that. Uh, fans will have a lot to discuss and fight over. So it sounds like we're going to get Man of Steel 2 pretty much because this, I don't know. I like we'll we'll obviously get to those thoughts more, but it just sounds more of the same. And also, I I'm so excited for the fan that fans will have a lot to discuss and fight over because I know they'll be super respectful about it. But so that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I just feel like we're gonna get another backlash of backlash of backlash. I think it'll be it's gonna. I mean, this is gonna. This is not gonna be a critically acclaimed masterpiece. This is not gonna be the Dark Knight again. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna be. One of those other, but I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be all. I think it's. I'm personally going to love the movie, or at least really like the movie. Yeah. Um. And I think it's going to be, in general, better received than Man of Steel. Um. And I think it's gonna, but I still think it's gonna be a little divisive, among a lot of people. Um. Mainly just still for the things like the super, way Superman is portrayed, or you know the tone. But I mean, those. Are, that's just that's just people's preference, and if they don't like it. Sorry, but that's what it is. So, and that reminds me of something that uh, we were gonna do. So now that it seems like it's a uh, an appropriate time, let's do some Batman v Superman predictions, guys. Look, just like we did with Star Wars, where Josh uh, squarely kicked us in the teeth. 
uh, <laughs> predicting Star Wars Rotten Tomatoes score on opening weekend. We're going to do the same for Batman v Superman because it's kind of all over the map. Nobody really knows what to expect with this. So, uh, Josh, we'll start with you. What is your Rotten Tomatoes and then opening weekend uh, American, well, yeah, American opening weekend prediction? All right, one thing I have it written down. Um, okay. okay. Uh, my Rotten Tomatoes score... I um yeah I think I'll go with this uh seventy four percent okay so a big improvement over Man of Steel yeah um and then for the opening weekend I'm guessing one hundred seventy six million okay so shooting for the stars a little bit Cody need another minute do you want me to go uh, I'm going to say okay cool I was gonna say seventy five percent so thanks Josh now I can't well, you, could, you could say it you still no. might if it's seventy six you get the points man. <laughs> all right i'm gonna say 75 you said 74 right yeah i'm Price gonna write the shit out of him. 75 bid one more cool and money is oh god what did you say josh <laughs> you, you can just make a guess you don't need my number 100 and ninety thousand million. Hundred ninety million. Hundred ninety thousand million. <laughs> yep. So about a billion dollars. Wow. That's <laughs> uh, cool. So for oh, myself, uh, I've been wrestling with this back and forth. So for critics, I'm gonna go with sixty six percent. And then for opening weekend, I'm gonna go one. Uh, I'm gonna hit it up with a one seventy. I think that's that's. Pr- for opening weekend, of course. Uh, so yeah. Hmm. So some some staggered answer. I'm the lowest on both, so I guess that. And then Josh is the highest. I co- actually Cody's the highest. So Josh, you're in the middle this time, but <laughs> we'll see. You won't win this round. I can guarantee that. I can't. You probably will. But cool. So <laughs> definitely really gonna... good at this. So yeah, he probably will. Huh, man. Uh, so yeah, we, we'll obviously we'll be figuring that out pretty soon. So I got those tucked away in my phone. It'll be fun to check it out. So cool. Let's uh, let's move on to the next uh, next story. All right. Well, we're gonna jump over from Warner Brothers to Sony, where things oh. are a little more uh, less exciting. Um, I don't usually say this because I, but I feel like I could probably run this studio better than they can at this point. They <laughs> they make powerpoints that look like they were done by a third grader. So it's called uh, Prezi, you guys. Come on. <laughs> um so first um venom you got everyone knows venom um one of the coolest villains ever um sony originally they had a, a, a venom spinoff back when amazing spider-man 2 was yet to come about and kill all of us well, um speak for yourself yeah well um <laughs> Um, and once that, once that movie crashed and burned and failed, um, the, all their plans kind of went on the back burner for a while. And then obviously, as we know, the whole Marvel thing happened. So things were kind of put on the side for a while. And now it seems that they are bringing their Venom movie back onto the table. Um, and they're going to, they're going to try to make it happen. They're going to try to also make it a franchise for some reason. Um, and they're, but here's the thing. Not only is it not connected to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though they completely have the option to do that, uh, it's not going to have anything to do with Spider-Man or Peter or anyone in that world. It's going to be what? Venom. 
Venom in a movie. And that's uh-huh. their plan. And also, uh, the uh, genius mastermind, Avi Arad, will be producing, who did such a wonderful job with Spider-Man 3 and The Amazing Spider-Man 2 and the downfall of Sony and, you know, was responsible for all the problems with The Amazing Spider-Man. So that's that's cool. Um, uh-huh. Okay. Making some good decisions. <laughs> I hate I hate this so much. Gracious. It seems a little desperate. And by a little, I mean it seems pretty really, desperate. Really desperate. <laughs> I, like, and also, I mean, they, they hired a writer. Um, what's his name? Let's go find it. Dumb. It's, his name is Dumb, probably. I don't know. Um, <laughs> um, nice. God, man. Sorry, what are you looking for? Dante Harper is the writer. Oh, um, okay. So, but he has done like nothing except like a rewrite on Edge of Tomorrow at some point, and that's it. Um, so, experience is obviously not the name of the game. When it comes to Sony. Um, yeah, I despise everything about this. I I hate this so much. Um, I've, I've said it before. Spider Man is my favorite villain. I love Spider Man, and it, to me, aside from yeah, you know what, Evan, uh, I think he's, he has the best villains. Of all any superhero, mm. sorry, sorry, Batman, you come second, but um, but does Spider-Man have Condom and King? Oh God. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, and Venom is probably in my top three, maybe even top two villains um, of Spider-Man. Um, and or yeah, Venom. Um, and just like there's so many things wrong with this. Like for, first things, like the biggest thing. Venom cannot exist without Spider-Man. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. You know what this is? This just jumped into my head. You know what this is like? This is like what? breaking up with your girlfriend, but sending the Christmas card anyways. <laughs> like it's just. This is going to be so sad. <laughs> They're just. It's like, oh, you can't. But you don't have anything. You're just. You're trying. But oh, wow. Yeah. It, it reeks of desperation, Josh. Yeah. It's just like. So and like aside from Venom, if even if you do, if you. So, like I said, he can't, he can't be without Spider-Man because Spider-Man is, like, that's his origin. That's where Venom comes from. Um, but if you want to change things up, that's, you know what, if they want to get a completely different take on Venom, a completely original origin, whatever, I would not like that. But if they do it and it's done well, who cares? But the other thing is Venom also would then just be started as a hero or an anti-hero, which is also not what he is because he's he starts as a villain and then becomes an anti-hero so that's okay and then again and then everything behind the scenes Avi Arad sucks I hate him I hope he you know gets fired but he's not because he puts toys in front of quality of filmmaking and that's how he makes his money and it does gets the money so whatever screw you Sony you suck that's how you um, really feel Josh yeah I, he did. He oversaw Spider-Man one and two, though. He produced those. Yeah. And then Spider-Man three came along, and he decided, you know what? Instead of just letting Sam Raimi have the creative freedom that we've been giving him, we're gonna start telling him to do more things that he actually doesn't really need to do. We're gonna tell him to put Venom in this movie, and he's gonna shoehorn him into the last five minutes of the movie. So. Interesting. My bullshit detector just went off <laughs> from this story. <laughs> did you hear it? I did. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, yeah, that's like I said, it's just desperate. Cody, are you at all excited for this? Oh God, no! As soon as you told me it's not connected to Spider-Man, it made me sick. And Venom's so cool. 
Like Venom's he's great. Like he's black. He's like a black suit Spider Man, but cooler. There, there's a black suit Spider Man. I know, but like, but he's like actually. I don't know. I he, I don't know much about Spider Man. He kills guys. He he does really. Yeah. Wow. Pretty sure. Also, I I really do take offense to saying Spider Man is better vill- villains than Batman. No. Sorry. Well, we'll have to discuss that. In court. <laughs> I, I don't. I I don't agree with that. I he think may... he has some good villains. Yeah. I like the Green Goblin. They're very Love similar, the though. Goblin. Like he by far has better villains than. Carnage like... is awesome. Same. Yes. Doc Ock's pretty cool, but like the Vulture. <laughs> Vulture's awesome. Are you kidding me? Oh my it's god. It's ridiculous. It's a Birdman. He's yeah, bird... he's so cool. Vulture's yeah. cool. Rhino when he's not Paul Giamatti is awesome. <laughs> no, um, I disagree with that, but. Anyways, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, they're going to actually kill each other. No. Um, okay, well, keeping it in the Sony family, which I hope breaks up very soon. Um, Savage. Um, another idea that they had a while ago and didn't do anything with is now coming back and is going to bite us all in the ass and wipe out humanity. And that is 23 Jump Street starring the Men in Black. It's a crossover because... Sony is a freaking moron run by... <laughs> I, I, what is wrong with that studio? What are they doing? What the hell are they doing over there? Well, is... to be fair, they do. They are also producing The Dark Tower. And yeah, that's coming out, and they got Idris Elba and, and Matthew McConaughey for it. So You should, you should probably be worried. Two but... out of every... Th- no, I'm not, not with that. <laughs> two out of every three decisions are bad, so that's not... That's okay. Like, <laughs> But yeah, this... This is so stupid. It's really ridiculous. Are they going to get, like, Tommy Lee Jones and Will no, Smith? Because I don't think biggest... Jones is going to want to do that. No, neither of them oh, are coming God, back. No. So it's it's a, it's a Men in Black crossover with 21 Jump Street. So Janko and Schmidt are coming back. They're going to be in it. But it's not going to have the actual Men in Black in it. So where's the Men in Black crossover when... They're, they're going to become Men in Black. That's so stupid. This is... Okay. This is so freaking stupid. Let me just say one thing in its defense, because I also don't... This this doesn't need to happen, as far as I'm concerned. But Phil Lord and Chris Miller, I'm not, sh- I don't know their involvement, so you know, you never know. Uh, they probably won't direct the film, but they will write and produce, so there's hope there. But they said that their special team, what they like the most, is making stupid ideas into good movies. Like twenty, like it was a stupid idea to make Twenty Two Jump Street and the Lego Movie or whatever. So if they're involved and they're writing it, I still have some faith in this because they're talented. But if they're not. This- if they're not writing or if, if they're only producing, then I'd I'd be concerned. Like this is so, but this is this is there's crossovers that can work and crossovers that don't like crossovers that are in the same vein as each other. This is like crossing over like Super Bad and Independence Day. Like, well, that sounds great. So, like, what? These have nothing to do with each other. That's we true. gotta lose our virginities before I mean, the world ends from these robots. <laughs> It would be like doing Superbad and Independence okay. Day, but you take right. out Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum and uh, McLovin isn't in it. Oh, that does sound bad. Like, that's exactly what... Like, what is the point of crossover Men in Black? If Oddly enough, Jonah Hill in is in both of those things. Interesting. Yes, he is. Um, Will Smith <laughs> is in both of those things. Interesting. Back when Jonah Hill was fat. I know. He still is now. Did you see him on SNL? He jumps around. He, like, switches. He, like, I don't... Yeah, he's now he's, like, a charming fat, though. Not, like, a concerned fat, <laughs> but, like, a aw fat. He's, like... <laughs> like a no, it's like a he plays on the football team just for like team morale. <laughs> Fat. <laughs> I'm really good with the metaphors tonight, you know. It's, it's oh my good. god. Um, James Bobin yeah. though, that doesn't get you or Bobin or whatever that doesn't get you excited. He directed the Muppets. 
Yeah, and I mean, then he did the Muppets Most Wanted, which was not as good. I didn't see that, but hmm. I don't know. I just I'm not I'm not excited for this. This sounds like a train wreck waiting to happen. It could be great, but I, I no, hmm. this is wrong. Yeah, the, this is the kind of movie I'm willing to I'm willing to hold off faith until I see a trailer, like with another movie we're going to talk about, but so. Hmm. Interesting. I hope I'm wrong. So, all right, let's move on here. Uh, the big news of the day, where we got our first look at Ghostbusters. Um, had about the same like to dislike ratio on YouTube that a Justin Bieber music video got, so that's a <laughs> positive thing. I, Josh, I guess we'll start with you from a more positive perspective. What did you think about this trailer? So before. Because I've bef- after the trailer, I there was a, something that came to my attention that has kind of dampened my excitement for the movie that I'll mm-hmm. get to in a minute. But just talking about the trailer, um, I liked it a lot. I laughed more than most people. I laughed at all. I liked all the jokes. I thought the ending scene with Leslie Jones was really funny. Mm-hmm. I thought the the hat scene with uh, Kate McKinnon was really funny. Um, I thought the line with "You go first, I go first, I thought that was fun. I thought it, it looked fun. I thought you know the effects looked really cool. It like had the you know all that that same kind of goofy campy style, but it it looks fun. I, I don't know. I think it looks fun. So okay, Cody. I still think it looks kind of gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't. I think it's kind of pushing back the whole equality thing they're trying to get if they're making it a gimmick. But let's not get into that. Oh, let's. <laughs> That'll just, be so fun. No. It just uh, I don't know. It was all right. I, I chuckled a couple of times. I feel like this movie's really, really un, un, unnecessary. Yeah. But whatever. It's going to happen no matter how I feel about it. So True. complaining about it's not going to do anything. And as forewarning to any to peop, to anyone who is in this camp, this is what happens when you appeal to the Tumblr generation and the the idiots who call for gender neutral or not gender neutrality, but like who call for this kind of stuff. Like we need more females and stuff. It's like okay, fine, that's great. But if you're going to do this, if you're just going to rehash the same jokes. Just, just so it can be part of a quote-unquote movement, then you've completely betrayed filmmaking. That's you make the movie. You don't make the movie like, like in Steve Jobs. Remember, they didn't at, during a play. They didn't ask this, the audience what scene they wanted to see next. They just made their vision. And this is not, and this 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 vision is has already been made thirty whatever years ago. So I went from being okay if these a couple of these people, Chris and Wig. It's funny. Melissa McCarthy can be funny at times. Uh, Kate Kate McKinnon's fantastic. I love her on SNL. Leslie Jones, I think, is not is. I don't think she's very funny. I've laughed at her twice. Her one gimmick is that she can shout, which is good for her. But this this is this is what happens when artists, quote unquote, give in to public demand. The public doesn't know what the hell they're talking about. They're idiots most of the time. And Steve, like like I said, that quote from Steve Jobs that pretty much sums it up. You don't ask the audience what you want to see next. You make your movie, and if they don't like it, they don't like it. You should absolutely cast women and minorities in those kind of positions, but if you're going to do this movie, don't make it. Don't say that Ghostbusters didn't happen and just try to make the same movie. Include Ghostbusters, 
and do something else. Like, here, here's an idea. The Ghostbusters disappeared. They're gone. Like, they were really? there. They saved the city. They were gone. They, we thought everything was fine. Then the ghosts come back. Where are the Ghostbusters? I don't know. Let's get... Th- and then these people step up or do... Or are brought into the fray or whatever. Don't just make the same movie with just a, an all-female cast. Because that, to me, that's not, that's not so much as making a movie as it is a public statement. Or at least, you know, giving in to, like I said, the Tumblr generation. So this is just, this is stupid. And I, I was willing to say, I was willing to give this movie a chance. But I didn't laugh at the trailer, which was incredible. Because this is a comedy. That's what you do most of the time. Not even any cheap laughs. And that's pretty much what all this movie, uh, all the trailer was, was cheap laughs. Like, oh, ooh, oh, sorry, this is awkward. Or I'm doing something zany. Or I'm <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs and slapping somebody because it's 2002. You know, so boom. I don't. I just it's don't care. Two thousand and two. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care about this movie. I'm done with it. If, well, it sounds like you care about this movie. Well, I care when I care when art, you know, artistic ability is superseded by, I don't know, like just movements. It's enough. Let them make a movie. <laughs> this should have been a sequel. They should not. This should not be a remake, which it totally is. They even said that Ghostbusters in this version didn't happen. So. I'm done with it. I don't want to... I hate this movie already. Sorry. All right. I got mad. Josh, any rebuttal? I mean... It's all out. Well, first thing... First thing first, the whole... So when this movie was first announced, they said, we're going to do an all-female Christmas. I was like, why does it have to be all-female? Why are you trying to make a thing? But, like, get... If you look past the whole of it's all-female, there's nothing... I don't think there's anything gimmicky about this. It just happens to star four women. It's not a... They don't. Nobody cares when it's there's four men starring in it. Anything, like why? Why is it different? Because it's, it's a remake of a movie. Why does that matter? You don't need. There's nothing. You don't need, need to, to remake it. Yeah, this could well, easily have not been made. Like it, it's not like Ghostbusters two ended with an open ending, you know, cliffhanger or some thread. Like if Ghostbusters two ended with. I don't know, some crazy time travel, whatever, or they said, like, oh, it's their daughters, or, like, they showed they have daughters. Like, yeah, if you showed that Peter Venkman had a daughter at the end of Ghostbusters 2, and then now all this this time later they make ghost, a new Ghostbusters with an all-female cast, that's awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. But the fact that they're making a movie that they didn't have to make just so they could do an all-female cast is gimmicky. I don't know. I just, I mean, I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that much of a game. I think it's started off. It seems that way, but when, when you just get past looking past the fact that they did make set out to make this movie with the purpose of having four women in the lead roles and just say they're doing a, re, a remake of Ghostbusters, it and it just, you know, if you just don't like think it looks good, that's one thing. But like, mm. I just don't, I don't think that's a whole other thing. But in the, the other thing is, um, where's I going with this? Um, the whole PC thing, like, I get where you're coming from that. I mean, I'm on, I'm usually on that side, but I with, hate PC more like, than I can possibly I don't, describe. I don't think this, this really isn't like a forced thing. Cause Paul Feig is like, that's like his thing. He likes working with women. He likes having female leads. That's just yeah, his thing. That's great. That's fine. And then, but like, I don't get why it becomes a problem when you're just bringing that to a previously established franchise. Because you don't need to do it. Like this guy, he's always, he's proven with Bridesmaids and Spies that he can make a big movie. 
Like he doesn't need like, he's like I said with Leonardo DiCaprio, he doesn't need a blockbuster. He makes blockbusters. And this guy can if he wants to make a, su- a successful lo- movie, all he's got to do is write it because he's got the pedigree behind it. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to involve Ghostbusters when you're just not even going to when and you not acknowledge what came before it, you know? I get but like even like I don't that that can be said about any remake though. Yo, yeah, I totally agree. I I despise most remakes unless they do something new. Side. Well, yeah. that's a, that's a whole other different thing. I'm yeah. I'm completely open to remakes. So, but um, I, don't, I, don't, I can't think I, of the last good remake I saw. What are what are some that have happened? I mean, the last one I liked was Carrie. I mean, it was good. It wasn't great, but I liked it. Um, Karate Kid. Or, yeah. but yeah, I mean, things. I I'd, I'd completely get it. Like, I totally would rather see like a continuation of the story or something. Yeah. And it, if this was a continuation, I'd be so, I would be very much on board. Like that doesn't the fa- if it was a continuation and wasn't funny I didn't laugh and then I didn't laugh at it, I might have problems but if it was a continuation that'd be that'd be cool but it's not it's just it's cheap and the other I mean the other thing is I I mean yeah, if I was a passionate Ghostbusters fan I'd get it I don't think I I'm no dude something. I'm not I mean I think the first Ghostbusters I think I've only seen the first one I think it's overrated mm-hmm. so I think I think it's bad I think it's it's a good movie it's fun I enjoy it I love love the cast in it. Yeah. Um, but it's nothing. I don't. I didn't grow up with it. If I saw it when I was like eight, I'd probably love it. But like, mm-hmm. I don't have any nostalgia or love or passion for it. It's it's fine. And right. I think it has a really great premise that you could do with a. You could make a really cool remake out of, with a mm-hmm. new cast. So I just I don't see the problem with that. Um, well, I. I don't like it. I don't like Ghostbusters. I'm not. I'm. It's not one of my favorite things ever. I think it's very for Bill Murray. I think is the reason that I I like the movie. Just he he gives one of the best comedic performances I think I've ever seen because it's just so dry and kind of off the wall, but just hysterical. So I'm not even that mad that they are. I'm not even that mad that they're like tarnishing the Ghostbuster legacy or whatever. It's just a lazy move. I'd rather have Paul Feig write a script and then make it with the same cast, but not attributed to anything. Yeah, a new story. Like yeah, I get, we need get, more of those. I okay. get, like, the whole thing, thing like, like, I would rather, like, when it comes to any of these remakes, it's, like, if you're, like, they say we're going to, you know, race swap or gender swap someone, it's, like, I don't mind that at all. I don't yeah. care about any of that stuff. It's just, like, wouldn't it be better to, like, just create more characters, yeah. create new characters? Like, um, you know, like, look at Fantastic Four. Like, they race swap, regardless of what we think of the terrible movie that it became, um, it, you know, if they say it was it turned out great, you know, I wouldn't care if... I don't care that Michael B. Jordan is playing Johnny Storm and that they change the uh, siblings, whatever. But like, it would be cool to just see them get have um, Michael B. Jordan get his cast as another, you know, black superhero. That'd be I think that'd be way more interesting. But yeah, that's just my that's just my judgment. But I don't really care either way. I mean, if it's good, it's good. I don't care mm-hmm. the way it's done um, yeah. or the motives behind it. Um, but and but the thing is. Here's the other thing. So I don't know if you guys have heard any of this. Um, this is kind of no one's really. It hasn't been reported on yet or anything. Um, apparently, there could possibly be some fan four stick level trouble going on behind the set of this movie. Would not surprise me. Um, so I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give you guys a couple of things that I read. Uh, this is someone who posted this on Reddit. So mm-hmm. you know, obviously take it with a grain of salt. But I mean, the same thing. The same. Nope. The exact same thing. All the stuff came out from online and then it turns out more some actually legit credible sites were reporting the same stuff 
Um, so this has kind of dampened my excitement. Apparently, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, there's fights going on between Melissa McCarthy and Paul Feig on set because apparently she hates the script. (laughs) Um, apparently she was a huge Ghostbusters fan, which is why she signed on. Um, (laughs) yeah. So, (laughs) like um, I said, this, this movie's cost $154 million. That, that money could have been spent on three or four original movies. And then the ghosts, the ghosts look awful too. They look, oh, they they're it's CGI fest, man. Like yeah, this, it, looks, it looks exactly like they did 1984, just polished. I don't, I don't want to polish though, because it looks, it looks better when it's unpolished. You know, it's just, this looks like it's computer. Those look like, you know, not real per se, but they look scarier. But yeah, this, it's just, for me, this had a best case scenario of being, and then it had a worst case scenario, and it it probably it went a little bit lower than the worst case scenario. Because oh, worst case scenario, I would have laughed at a couple of like dumb jokes, but I don't know. Cody, what what's your thoughts on the whole mess? Do you are you excited at all about this movie, or are you just kind of done with it? I mean, hearing you guys talk about it has steadily declined my interest. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Especially with that whole bit about Melissa McCarthy hating the script. If one of your main actors hates the script, yeah, it's probably cause to be concerned and another thing i mean the whole i mean i i normally don't buy into this kind of stuff but i mean again it's fantastic for that got me a little sketchy and then the whole thing this movie comes out in four months we're just getting a trailer now yeah this is a pretty big movie i i think if they were they had a little more confidence maybe they would have put another i was starting to wonder where the trailer was like two months ago yeah i think usually put a trailer out for something like this about six seven months in advance yeah um but for the movie comes out in july it's march um, and we've barely gotten any, we've gotten like no marketing for it. Um, just a couple of pictures and that's it. And so, and also it would explain why Sony is now putting those other two terrible ideas into production with Venom and exactly. 20, 21 men in black, whatever. <laughs> it's going to so, be, this is not going to be good. I, I hope, I hope this is all wrong. I hope the trailer for most people is misleading and I hope it turns out to be great. I love Paul Feig. I love this cast. I think it looks so. I look. It looked to me. It looked fun, even though most people didn't like the jokes. But I, I, I'm still looking forward to it. I'm just. I'm lowering my expectations. So mm. we'll see. Yeah, we need we need more females in movies, but we don't need more females in bad movies. That's all. That's that's how I'll say. I'm sorry if I don't. I'm sorry if I, if I somehow came across as being like I hate women. Not my intention. That's what I got out of it. I just hate this movie. <laughs> so no, women what are great. Need to do is when they're writing these scripes, make them gender neutral. Yeah, Jamie, like aliens. Jamie's in there. That's People what they did have with, been uh, doing this for what? How long ago did Alien come out? Oh, 30, 30 years. years. Yeah, about so that movie was completely gender neutral when it was written. Really? Ripley Pretty was. Pretty much, yeah. Cool. Ripley yeah, could have gone either way. That's why she goes by Ripley for most of the movie, not her first name. Her first name's never even spoken until Aliens. Awesome. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Hmm. So it's just start writing movies, not specifically you know yeah just be a little bit more vague let women have room and you can adjust it you know if you have to and just so then becomes i mean the thing is though that there's just i mean it's it's not you can't deny that there's a there is a bit of a thing where people some people just don't get hired based on race or sex or whatever i mean that's just that's a thing oh absolutely so so i mean if you write a general neutral character there's a less probability of you getting hired if you're, you know, mm. not a white dude. 
True. But I mean, look if you look at like Finn in The Force Awakens, that could have been I played mean, by he, anybody. Yeah. So <sighs> this movie just uh, I I don't know. <laughs> I'm still gonna I'm probably gonna see it. I feel like you guys are gonna make us watch it. I've you know this is a I democracy. Mean, we are not. I <laughs> I see it for free, so That's I'm true. seeing it. So it's just it makes me sad because I feel. If they could have done this, could be so much better. And if, and if somehow, there's more to the movie and there's better jokes and better setups, good for them. Why not use them now? Why start off on the worst possible foot? I mean, we've seen bad trailers for good movies before. When we've seen bad trailers for great the twenty the Jump Street trailer the first one. I don't remember that. Oh, that was a bad trailer. Well, um, if uh, the new Star Trek movie turns out to be any good, yeah. Mm, I like that trailer. That was another awful trailer. Uh, Sabotage has a great song. Um, Well, when a trailer's made to sell a movie, I I don't really buy into the whole, oh, we're saving it for the next one, because, like, why would you? This is your chance to show people what your product is. Mm. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? So uh, I'm not not so much forgiving for a bad trailer, because there's... It's just... You can do so much more. If the movie's funny, and if I laugh, I'm not going to... I'll be like, okay, cool, but this is a trailer, and we're talking about a trailer, and I'd give this trailer a two, Ooh. just because Kate McKinnon, because she is, I you, I don't, I can't say enough how much I love her. She is incredible on SNL. She's, she's one of the best. She's, uh, I'd probably say as a as a cast member, I like her more than Kristen Wiig, who's one of the most beloved cast members. I'd say of- she's probably she's probably the best cast member on the show. Oh, right now, other absolutely. than Keenan Thompson. Yeah. I just like him. That's a nostalgia thing. Oh, absolutely. Everyone loves Keenan. Yeah, she's she's the best female comedian on there since Tina and Amy. Oh, which, by the way, SNL's been killing it with female comedians for 40 years, but that's just whatever. That's just my... Wasn't the girl from Seinfeld on there? Which girl from Seinfeld? Oh, yeah. No, Julia she... Louise Dreyfus? Uh, I don't think or so. Or was she a writer? No, no, no. She was a, I think she was a cast member for one year, like uh, Robert Downey Jr. was. So, Cool. Well... That's our. Those are our bones to pick, I guess. So let's move on to something a little less controversial. Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So we decided to do this episode because it's. this is just one of those things that kind of... This comes up a lot whenever you talk about... You know, whenever we talk about DC, we're all, Man of Steel just always gets brought up. So this is a chance to get the record, go on the record, and just air our grievances, our likes, dislikes about the movie... And uh, see how it fits in. So um, I I want to start here with uh, Josh. So how many times how many times have you seen this? Many. Many. And yeah. well, that kind of answered my second question. What do you, what's your overall opinion on the movie? I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just that you just love Anything it. Anything else? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a great <clears throat> movie. I mean, mm-hmm. I, have, I have problems with it, but I, I love Man of Steel. I've I saw when I was first hearing all the some of the backlash, some of the negativity. I was like, "What's oh man, I'm gonna lower my expectations." I went and saw the movie. I was like, "What crack are you people smoking? This movie is <laughs> awesome!" Like I had a great time watching it. Mm-hmm. And something I've noticed about it: every time I watch rewatch it, I notice one or two more problems, but I also com- find new things to love about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love this movie. I think it's great. It's hands down, Zack Snyder's best movie. Right. Um, I, I, I mean, I, 
It's better, it's better than Watchmen. Way better than Watchmen. Maybe. Um, um, Watchmen yeah. wasn't written by David Goyer, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Was it written by anyone memorable, though? Sure, it was written. I don't, know. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, keep going. I'll let you know in a second. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I think uh, Henry Cavill was a great Superman. But uh, Zod, who's played by... Um, who played him? Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon. Um, Michael Shannon was great. Uh, really, really awesome villain. Um, it just, it just, it's just an awesome movie. I loved it. It was a great origin of Superman. Uh, nice, cool, modern retelling. Mm. Um, just, I, I thought it was awesome. For the record, even Watchmen, even though it has screenwriters, it was pretty much written by Frank Frank Miller because they used everything from that <laughs> from that book. Uh, uh, Cody Frank Miller didn't write Watchmen. Yeah, he did. It was Alan Moore. Alan, Alan Moore, Moore right? Wrote yeah. It. I'm so stupid. Anyways, uh, <laughs> sorry, Cody. What are your some initial thoughts on? I also enjoy this movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I love it. I won't lie. Um, when I first saw it in the theater, it was my like my second midnight showing ever, Whoa. and I was so excited, <laughs> and I loved it so much. Friends sitting next to me hated it, <laughs> and I was like, "How? It was so great. Everything was awesome." It's just, I I can't think of enough good words for this. When we get into further detail, um, I'll tell you some of my favorite scenes. And right. I'm just going to say it right now. The music is probably my favorite part of this movie. I listen to it yeah, that, that, all the time. The what, ha- what are you going to do when you're not saving the world, like Ugh. the name of the Superman theme, that's that's an amazing piece of music. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree with you there. Um, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Well, I... I liked this quite a bit when I first saw it, and then, you know, I did. And by the way, I've been mixing up Alan Moore. I've I've assumed Alan Moore and Frank Miller are the same person my entire life, so this was kind of life changing. Uh, <laughs> whoopsies. Um, no, I, I I liked it, and then I kind of got caught up into the whole backlash into it, and I've been trying to do that with movies that I sort of get caught up with and revisit them to actually figure out what I think of them. And I rewatched it the other day, and I really really like this. I really do. I I like it. Like I said, I like it more than anything I've seen in the MCU. To be perfectly honest with you, it just to me there's no comparison. I this is a really, 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 really good movie. Could it have been better? Absolutely. You can say I can say that about every movie except for Alien and Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> no, well, no, no. Like <laughs> I don't think Hail Caesar could have been better. For instance, I feel like that's as good as for the movie that it can be. But, no, that movie could have been a lot better. Oh, stop it. Well, for a Coen Brothers movie, it could have been better. But for or it couldn't have been better because that's pretty. That movie's pretty much what they do. But um, there's things in the script that just are unnecessary and that are, like I said, easy band aid kind of fixes that just weren't, which still kind of bug me. Like they really go out of their way to make Lois Lane like a badass, where I think <laughs> they could have done it really subtle, more uh, much more subtly in the whole "What if I have to tinkle?" line drives me yeah. crazy and then the oh and who could forget you know how they say it's all downhill after the first kiss i think only cats are human that's ridiculous spoilers everybody yeah we're superman and lois lane love each other yeah uh, whatever what a strange little movie um so i guess that's a long way of saying i really really like it <laughs> and you know even with even with a backlash or whatever i still think that this is a a fine movie that could have 
Could have been better, but as it stands, I think uh, got the DC universe or whatever off the ground pretty well. <laughs> off the ground. Flying reference. Oh, God. Get out. Sorry. Um, okay, so let's dig into some likes and dislikes here. Cody, we'll start with you with some oh. just generals. Things I like. Music. I like the cinematography in this movie. I think there are some amazing shots. Oh, boy. I like the second half of the movie more than I like the first half of the movie. Once all the action starts, it's just, it's nonstop and it's just great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy. A lot of people feel the opposite. Well, they're all dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It's just, it's a fun movie. It makes it, it's dark and it's not that dark at the same time. You know what I mean? Like it's gritty realism, but not everyone's sad. That's true. I what mean, do you think about all... what's? Where do you stand on uh, Henry Cavill as Superman? What's where do I think you? He's pretty good. Yeah, could be could be better or he doesn't offend me as Superman. <laughs> I don't really have a strong opinion about the character of Superman. Mm-hmm. So... I do. Do you... oh Josh, do you love Superman? Is he like one of your favorites? Oh, I love Superman. Okay, but why? Right. <laughs> he's kind of a boring. I hate to. He's a little. There's not much you can do with him. He's, he's awesome. Kind of Jesus. It's, it's, he's a bit. Just, uh, he's he's too kind of a boy scout. It's like his mythology. Yeah, that's okay. I can see that. Like everything about him, and just like he's just like he's the quintessential like superhero. Hmm. It's just like I don't know. Well, I, the thing that I the thing one of the things I took away from just Henry in general is that. He, he's a little bit too, how do I want to say this? He's a little bit too safe, I think. He just plays it how kind of you'd expect it, him to do it. But that maybe that's up to inexperience since this was his first really big thing. But I never, and this is a thing with all Superman, I never really get a sense of their personality. I just get a sense of like how they switch around from person to person, whether it be Clark or Superman. Like I just, I want to see them... You don't have to crack jokes or anything, but just be a little bit more personable, which is a like I said, is a problem with all Superman and sometimes Batman for that reason. But Superman. overall, I like him. Um, so I do. I have a couple of notes that I just want to go over. Let me let me jump in when if you whenever you guys want. Uh, it's like the first sequence on Krypton is I think is as beautiful as it is from a production design standpoint. Just the vision of it all, even though it's inspired by other things, I think it's amazing. But that first five minutes where Jarell goes to the the meeting and then Zod shows up, they kind of throw a lot at you, mm-hmm. and I just I was a little disoriented. Like, okay, what's happening here? They do slow down a little bit at the end and explain it, but for that little while, it's just it's hectic. Which you know, that's like I said earlier, that's a David Goyer issue, not really a movie issue. Like he's just not a good writer, if you ask me. Um, oh my gosh, Michael Shan. Let's talk about him for a second. Oh boy, oh this guy. This guy's something else. Between this and then, I don't you got I don't know if you guys saw this, probably not. But the night before, which was he was great in, and then I think he was in Mud, wasn't he? Mm, yes, I think. No, he's in Take Shelter. Yeah, I'm thinking of him as something else. But all right, uh, Cody, what do you think about Michael Shannon? Just give some thoughts about him. I think he's great. Yeah, uh, I love him in this movie. He's just he's having so much fun, <laughs> and you can tell. 
just oh, I, I love every time he talks. <laughs> and oh, that scene right before uh, he starts that big last fight mm-hmm. with Superman breaks my heart. Oh, where he's my soul, talking Krypton. Cal. Right. That is what you've taken from me. <laughs> then they fight. And then yeah. it's awesome. That's good stuff. Oh, That's good stuff. Can't wait till we talk about that fight. Oh my gosh! Because uh, I know that pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, that'll. That's. That's interesting, Josh. What are your What are your thoughts about Michael Shannon? He's awesome in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's I love him in this movie. He's really great. Um, his performance is awesome. The villain of Zod is I mean, just awesome. I love the character. Um, and I just I, I think he's he does a really really terrific job. Um, I actually still kind of prefer Terrence Stamp's Zod from the second Superman movie, but. Mm. Um, I like how crazy he is. Like he just seems so unstable. Like it, that's where in a movie where a lot of people play it very restrained, he's just kind of this loose cannon where he's just screaming yeah. all the time and just he's a lunatic. <laughs> I always appreciate that. And Cody will like this. I realized when I was watching the movie that the the logo, I guess, on Zod's chest, it, it's pretty much a hammer and sickle. <laughs> I, was, I just thought he was like, oh, he's gonna I'm not a communist, that. everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, I'm not. Of little. I, I promise. I know. Yeah. I, I'm a student of history. <laughs> and I know how bad it works. Yeah. It doesn't work well at all. It's, just, it's funny because America hated it for so long. <laughs> and it's uh, just fun to pick. Yeah, like you were just saying, Cody, the, the Hans Zimmer's, one of, <sighs> some of his best work, it was just the drums. You feel those drums in your soul. It The the, the bass drum has never been bassier there. And then <laughs> uh, cinematography-wise, it just, I think it looked fantastic. I don't know, Larry, I think it was Larry Fong who did it. He was doing Dawn of Justice, but it had a lot of richness to it, but it was also a little bit subdued, which some people don't like. I like it, personally. It just looks, like we're talking about, a little bit more real. Um, and another thing that we can talk about for a second is I noticed that when we, when I rewatched this that it's got, it's much more sci-fi than any, than other, than really any other superhero yes. movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. I think Chris Nolan said when they cracked the story, it's like we we saw this as a first contact story, like if an alien if aliens did come, and I really I like I think Snyder did that really 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 well with how, you know this it does feel, it feels genuine. They they kind of they rush through the whole first contact a little bit, but that's just because it's a movie and you got to get to the action and the actual plot of it. But I love the kind of sci-fi eeriness that it had. It was like. It, People might get pissed at me for saying this, but it was a little Spielberg-like in some mm-hmm. in some scenes with Close Encounters or whatever. So uh, I really appreciated that. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I love that aspect of it. To me, it was like, this is a very much a sci-fi approach to the origin of Superman, which is why I loved I loved that kind of this new take on it. Um, it was really interesting. It was just, it was, I, I just really loved it. Because, I mean, I love sci-fi, so in this whole yes. more grounded uh, approach to it, it was really, really cool to me. It's confirmed that we, all of us here, love sci-fi. Or yes. sci-fi. Sci-fi. Star Wars, man. <laughs> that's, that's what it does. It, was, it reminded me a little bit of Contact, too, with uh, Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> and and a dash of Interstellar. I don't I'm not saying that Chris Nolan was thinking about that when he made, when he was working on Man of Steel, but there are some similarities. <laughs> You know, I mean, Cooper's Farm is pretty much like Smallville. It has I'm surprised that kind of he didn't feel. have love defeat General Zod. Oh my gosh. Love, Tars. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we kill Zod. 
Love. Big just hug. love him. Love him so much. <laughs> Give him such a big hug that his nap snap. Um, <laughs> anyways. <laughs> also, yeah, I, like I was talking about some of the dialogue. The world's too big, Mom. Like, who says that? Remember when Aliens. he's in the... He's like, he runs into the closet, and his mom comes, and... <laughs> Clark, you gotta come out of the closet. No, I. Why you should just go away. No. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Moments like that. Like, what's the excuse for that line? Is there any? He's a kid. I, I mean, such a I think he's talking more in in the context of he's getting everything at once. Yeah. I mean, I get where he's up going for with that line. I just it's just I could have written it better. Yeah. That's one of my problems with the movies, the dialogue, and the script. But. Yeah. Like, okay, instead of the world's too big, just there's too much or anything, really. Just don't – a lot of it doesn't sound – nothing really – not nothing because a lot of it sounds natural, but it also just – it like I said, it's Goyerish. He's just – he's trying to be – he's trying to be like changing the world with his screenplay, and he's he's writing in trailer speak more than dialogue yeah, speak. Yeah, he tries to write really metaphorical, Yeah. and it just comes off as really like out of place and makes no sense. Yeah, like and, the insult dick splash. Yeah. <laughs> the, the the ginger bully to Clark. What up, dick splash? Like, uh, who, who hasn't heard that on the playground? <laughs> Gosh. Uh, hey, man. middle schoolers, man. They're savage. Yeah, true. Also, to David Vigori's credit, uh, plummeting into a river or lake while I'm in a car is like my biggest fear. So thank you for that sequence. I've always appreciated it. <sighs> uh, the conversation that Clark has with Pod Can Fall on the bus scene. I know people crap on that because it is it is a little bit trailer speak, but the the acting that Kevin Costner gives when he says, you know, maybe you should let those kids die, because it that's just that's always gotten to me. Not I think an that's easy a easy thing to say. Yeah, because it's you're in this moral gray area. It's great. Like I I know because again, like a lot of people really hated their this like take on on uh, his parents because they're not just like be right, a superhero. Diane Lane is smoking like she is hot. <laughs> Oh, um, man, she's like, gorgeous. It's like, because everyone's, like, really, like, Pakken shouldn't tell him to die. Like, he didn't say you should let them die. He said maybe. Well, because he doesn't know the answer. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly. I love that. like, he doesn't know. A parent doesn't know. All he knows is he wants to keep his kid protected and alive and away from the government. That's exactly. all he knows and cares about. At heart. So. Yeah. Another little script thing is the whole, when when Pakken takes Clark down to the down to the ship or whatever, and he gives him the stick i guess the that me- the metallic sort of stick he says like oh we took this to kansas state and you know the guy he said it's not from earth i know people are gonna say well then why didn't he say anything or stuff like that but i i thought i when i when i heard that line i thought you know that just you're opening yourself up to criticism more where where it's how about instead you make it made from an element that's like really rare and hard to get on Earth? That's not so so it's it's strange, but it's not so attention seeking. Like, and open because they op- David Gore he opens himself up to plot criticisms, and I'm not one to critique plot holes, but that one made absolutely no sense. Because like if I if I was a scientist and I found a new element brought in by some farmer that I've never seen before. I might mention it to some people, and they might mention it to some people, because this guy just made a humongous scientific discovery. But just little things like that. Um, yeah, another bad piece of dialogue. I get rioters block when I'm not wearing a flak jacket, from that Lois Lane said. <laughs> are you a yeah. zit? Because you are right on the nose. Anyways. 
it's just that crap stuff like that's awful. What if I need to tinkle? Yeah. <sighs> the one that really, the one that I mean, it's not even that bad. It's like the one right before they Zod and Superman fight. He says, mm-hmm. "You're a monster, Zod, so I'm gonna stop I'm gonna you." Stop you. It was like. Is what? that what you're going to do? Is that what you do to monsters? <laughs> like, You'd stop. It's just kind of really anticlimactic, so. Yeah. <sighs> but anyways. Um, I, li- I, I like Zod's story arc. He's, you know, he was, he's born to do one thing and he kind of does it. That, you know, that might, that might be a little bit basic, but it also, I think it reveals a lot of the world of Krypton that you don't have to get no in the, in the beginning. You kind of, I like how they flesh out this world. With, when you're not on the world, that's kind of nice. Lawrence Fishburne's incredible. The hologram Jarrell was a, an, an excellent idea in sequence. All well sequences. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm just I I wrote down a bunch of really stupid stuff. Uh, oh yeah, another writing thing. Perry flips on Lois, and you know he gets super mad at her for and won't let her post the alien story. And in the very next scene he is in, he's totally cool with it. Like he's he's like, all right, yeah. I believe you. <laughs> that's that's bad writing. Like even yeah, even if it's another... just even if it's just like a scene where she's on the phone with him or something, you can't. For me, as an as a an astute moviegoer, sometimes you can't just you can't jump that drastically from scene to scene. You gotta have something in the middle to tether it together. Uh, also, genius bullies in this movie picking on a kid right in front of where his dad works. <laughs> and another cliche I hate: Letterman jackets. <laughs> nobody wears those except for the losers and the kids who think it's still cool nobody wears those that's actually cool stop that's worse. i wear them no i don't i'm kidding um <laughs> uh, yeah and i know this is unpopular and for some reason people always feel the need to do it you don't need a romantic angle in this movie you really don't because it's yeah it was rushed it's yeah, they should have let that develop more. Exactly. You don't need to have them fall in love. You can lay some seeds and kind of hint at it, but you don't. They don't need to be like "I love you, Lois" at the end. And everything that they do is just okay. We're get. We're, I know we're getting there. We're getting there. Let them be friends first. Have it be an actual human relationship, and let it develop, or not, because this is movie land. Um. The skull floor. When Zod inception Superman, incredible. I was going to say, that I was, was getting so nervous good. that you weren't going to like that because that's my, one of my favorite sequences Dude, in the Dude, that is the movie. coolest. That is like, that's so appropriately CGI heavy. And how Zod is just kind of standing in the middle of this hurricane or whatever. Uh, that's uh, Also, quick question, why did they bring Lois to the ship? I Other know. than to save Superman? Oh, to try to get information. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so I, I, I got a few more that we'll get to in a minute, but... Um, so what are some other just general thoughts about the about just the movie in general? That scene um, where he learns to fly. Yes. Is incredible. One yeah. of the best scenes in a movie, a superhero movie I've ever seen in my life. That was literally my next note. I hate you, but <laughs> I love that scene so much. The music is so it, it builds to the point where I got giddy. <laughs> oh my god he's it's superman fly. he's gonna fly and then oh when he actually starts flying i had a smile on my face i was like jesus christ you're doing it and the wide shots so you can actually see what he it looks like when he's flying through all these places i think is just is genius it looks amazing because <laughs> you get to like see the environment and how he how he changes it from flying ah it's cool 
Josh, what do you think about the flying sequence? Oh, it's awesome. I love that scene. It's one of the I think it's one of the best in the movie. Uh, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's great. I actually there's something I I kind of realized. It's like I feel similar to this movie. Um, you know, give me a, don't have a heart attack when I say this. I feel similar to this movie that I do with uh, Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> in the sense that like not like it's I think it's way better than Revenge of the it's Sith. Garbage. Uh, and, <laughs> um, but it's the way that the because the mu- the music the Hans Zimmer music is phenomenal, and that it like be, the reason I don't mind Revenge of the Sith. I kind of enjoy it is because of John Williams' incredible music, which is the best part of the movie. It elevates everything, makes mm-hmm. you kind of look past a lot of the flaws, even though not all of them, obviously. Um, but with this one, it, that's what Hans Zimmer's music does for me. Like, it just makes me feel, like, happy. It makes me feel, like, invested and even more emotionally involved in the movie than I maybe I would normally. Um, and it just, like, it elevates everything for me, and it drives a lot of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really just, I mean, it makes me forgive a lot of the writing flaws um maybe some of the story issues here and there but i mean i, I that's one of my favorite things and i love it and I'm, but i mean it's still a really really good almost great movie on its own without that music but like, to me that music kind of elevates it to really great fantastic movie yeah it's like best case scenario for a score is that if if it does something like you know like this or interstellar for that matter. like i don't know if i told you guys this but interstellar is my favorite score of all time really so, and oh yeah dude I listen to that on the reg. That's the only score that I have on my phone in full. Really? Oh, God. Dude. Oh, that's... It's that's, great. It's not my favorite Hans Zimmer, but it's great. I don't I don't get as, you know, as crazy about scores. Like, it, I would like... I listened to this one. I'm not saying I haven't listened to Interstellar. Mm-hmm. I listen to um, Man of Steel a lot more. Oh, yeah. No, like, I can totally see that. I listened to both of these albums all the way through when I was writing that paper last semester. Mm-hmm. Just to make, you have to do something to make you not yeah. want to kill yourself while writing a paper. Yeah, I mean, he just has, his music just has a way of complimenting a movie so well. Like with, you know, like for instance, with Interstellar, I guess using Interstellar and Dark Knight sort of as uh, comparisons, like the Joker theme and that like that long kind of tense note that just never seems to uh-huh. break. That is that is just that's like a metaphor for the movie almost, and it just it fits the Joker so well. And then Interstellar, it's a lot of organs and things are based on timing, and it just I think he's I think easily he's the best active uh, composer. I mean, I don't, John Williams is active active, but he's also kind of retired, so I don't really count him in this equation anymore. But uh, he's on his way out. Yeah, he's yeah he's about because he's old. I'm not saying he's like on his way out, like dying or like out he's of the game, going to die soon. Well, he's, he's a very old man. Too. Yeah. Why don't you just stomp on my? <laughs> I don't want that to happen. I'm just saying it's gonna happen. Everybody, so, it happens to everybody. But for my money, <laughs> for my money's worth, Hans Zimmer is just he's the best who's doing it. I know a lot of his stuff blends together, but and it's interchangeable. But when he nails it, he nails it. Like when he nails it, he makes he makes the scores as vital to the movie as like the script is or the characters are. Cause they, it just, it adds so much. And man of steel is definitely one of those cases for me. I totally agree with yeah, that. Like in movie in, in movies like star Wars or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings where the music like becomes a character of its own. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I love that. And he does that a lot. So, yeah. um, another, okay. One thing I want to bring up that might be hashtag controversial. Uh, this movie it really hit on the Jesus imagery way too much. 
Yeah, a bit heavy, I agree. Wait, when he goes to the church and he's got, they literally take a shot where Jesus is, looks like he's whispering into his ear or something. I, maybe I might be misremembering that one, but. Um, when he's lying on the water with his arms crossed. Oh, no, yeah, he's in space. Is that what you're talking about? No, when he's he falls in, at the beginning of the movie, he falls into the, the ocean after saving those people. On oh, the boat, yeah. I'm thinking of also lying. when he. No, that one where he's going to go and save Lois at, out of the uh, Zod spaceship. Yeah, that's three. <laughs> that's that three. So, where you really only need one, because if you don't get that this is he's Jesus pretty much, then he's I'm, the savior. Then you're well, yeah. If you don't understand that he's Jesus and he's a Jesus metaphor in a way, then you're just an idiot. So I, <laughs> I feel like they don't they really you don't need to include that. Like we all we all get it. It's not they really hammered in. And I'm like, I get it. I get it. I mean stuff like that. I don't ever even like notice things like that yeah. because I'm a simpleton. So. <laughs> I don't, think, I, mean, I, don't, Super- I don't pick up on anything. <laughs> Superman Returns did that too, so I just I I feel, I just wanted to be like, David, we get it, just we get it. Like this this desperately needed a like a script doctor, like a a Macquarie or something to come in and just iron out some of these little things. But uh, yeah, that's just always bugged me. Not that I hate Jesus or anything. He's he was a cool guy, but just tone it down a little bit. He's garbage. Yeah, it, and this works much better as a first contact story than a. Jesus story, I think. I want at least that's the kind of movie that I want to see because we've seen the whole Moses, you know, religious allegories or whatever, but we haven't seen a, you know, this guy's an actual alien. So how would we react to that sort of deal? But that's just me. Um, what do you guys think? I agree. I think um, it could have done a, that whole church scene. Mm-hmm. Doesn't need to be in the movie. Everyone in the world knew he was going to give himself up to Zod. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, come on. There would be no plot if he didn't. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand that why they thought it was necessary, but I think it was just pushing the allegory a bit too hard. Yeah. I actually don't mind that scene in general. Like, I, I'm cool with him. If that's the only, you know, Christ imagery in the movie where he goes to the church, obviously you don't use the Jesus sitting over his shoulder shot, but just him going to a church to seek some kind of guidance, I really like that. So if, if it was just that in the movie and not the other stuff, then I'm totally cool with it because I think that was a really interesting scene because he just, even though he sort of abruptly leaves, like a bit of a dick, but... Anyway. I, I probably would have uh, had him talk to somebody else. Have him talk to his mom. Yeah. She wasn't in the movie as much as I wanted her to be. That's true. So, like, just throw her a couple more scenes. All she really does is just hug her son. <laughs> and say, it's just things, Clark. And give up where the spaceship is. Thanks. They can be replaced. Thanks, Ma. But, yeah, just a, a couple, like I said, this needs a script doctor. Like I don't think you can trust. Well, in this day one. and age, yeah. Sure. Thank goodness. But in this day and age, you cannot trust David Goyer. And I feel like if they'd, if they'd done, if they hadn't had him be the only person to write this movie and gotten somebody else, this movie would be much better off. And people would like it a lot more. Uh, more I think they would like it more as much as I think people probably should. Not the whole, I'm just going to give into the consensus and what everybody else thinks, people. Just because it's fun. But. Just because it's fun. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's, elephant in the room, let's talk about the final action sequence. All right. Cody, you mentioned it earlier, this. so what is? what do you think about the whole... I love it. I love this fight scene. Mm-hmm. I think it's awesome. I think people are unfair about the amount of destruction, you know, how they're complaining about all of this the shit that's getting blown up and stuff because i listened to an interview with uh 
Zack Snyder, and he did that on purpose. That's going to be a driving force in Batman vs Superman. I promise you. Okay, my question is though is. I, what I want to know most from Batman v Superman and from Snyder himself is that is the whole we destroyed Metropolis is that reactionary to the public or is that something they've been were planning to address from day one That's, that they intentionally correct it. They've been talking about that since they first before even they announced Batman vs Superman. Like, That's definitely going to have an impact in the sequel. I know, but did they only do that because people were so That's so crazy. They just destroyed I Metropolis, mean, or were they playing it all along? Is my question. I doubt it. Because I think that they did that on purpose. Yeah, I mean, okay. it, they said they they specifically said we destroyed this. We had the two gods, obviously, are going to destroy the city, and there are going to be repercussions of that. In the oh, next okay, month. great. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. that's good. I'm that's yeah. That's that. I like that. Not just like oh shoot, the internet got mad. We got to do something about it. I mean, obviously, it works on both levels, but you know. Mm-hmm. They, they did – it's not just like, a, oh, we did this because it would be fun for shits and giggles to blow up the whole city. Right. Oh, people didn't they, like that? Okay, we're going to fix it in the next movie because <laughs> they didn't like it. No, yeah. no, it's not how it works. Okay, Give that's good. more credit. I like that. That's that's an actually interesting angle. Uh, Cody, what other – what else do you like? So I, I love that whole fight. I think it's well choreographed even though 98% of it is CGI. 100% probably CGI. But I don't I just I really like it. I think it's really unfairly treated right up to the Zod moment. Mhm. We'll get to and, that in a second. Including that too. Yeah. Josh, what do you think about the Battle of Metropolis? It's awesome. I love the battle. Um my one one of my thing another problem I have with the movie it is I think the action is a little relentless. Um it 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 just it's nonstop for the last like solid like 45 minutes or so. It just gets a little exhausting. It's like on like Transformers level exhausting. Um, it's it's really good. It's, it's really well done. It's just like I, it's like I wouldn't mind them cutting back a little bit. Like maybe that part where he like goes and takes on the weird octopus robot thing. <laughs> that was like what that was like out of. For it no looked reason. like it was like the Incredibles one a little bit. Yeah, it reminded yeah. me of the of the destroyer um, or whatever. But like that, if you like took that scene out, maybe I'd be like, but, but like just like a bunch of like it just. He takes a while. It it just goes on for a little too long. But the fight itself, it's really really great. Uh, it's really emotional. Um, it's really really engaging. Um, I love. I just love it. Um, it's well done. Uh, again, it just helps that you really. I, I personally, I really like both of the characters that they have established at that point. Um, and kind of just, it's just all building to that final moment. Um, with a you die or I do. So, I I love the fight. Mm-hmm. So good. Uh, I I like it as well. I think it's. I always think when I when I watch that, I was just like, you know, could he get you know take the fight somewhere else? Yes, he could have. Yeah, I mean they they open themselves up to that criticism. I believe you know I I, th- I feel like it's a fair criticism to make as to why are they fighting there. And no, but did... you also like have to realize that maybe he doesn't realize how much damage he's doing he's in the middle of a fight i know yeah but i mean when they go to space though that might be a good time to not go back to metropolis so i'm just i'm thinking that neither of them are really they don't really have that in mind you know Mm -hmm. they're just fighting yeah i can i can see that i think Um, it's a bit convenient that they fall (laughs) back to uh right back to metropolis 
Yeah, plus I kind of Earth spins. Yeah, I, I kind of like it when uh when it's just you go mano a mano in some field or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's just it's a little bit more, you know, secluded. I suppose like they they did that in Harry. Well, they didn't really do well in Harry Potter. I didn't mm-hmm. care for that. I wanted them to be in the action, but um, I uh, in retrospect, that's that's a small thing. And I watched it again when I watched it again. The whole we destroy all of Metropolis thing was a little bit overblown because in some of the wide shots, there's there's a lot more city. Yeah, Metropolis is huge. Yeah, they destroyed, I'd say, I mean, this is still a lot of people that died, but they, they probably, they leveled uh, 3, 4, 5% maybe of it, a little bit more possibly. But if, if you look in the wide shots, you can see the destruction area. And um, in relation, it's a small chunk, I guess. So that, that whole... They destroyed the entire place. is a little overblown, but um, all right. Let's get to the very, very end. So Superman and Zod, they're fighting. They end up in looks like a subway terminal or like a Grand Central Station kind of thing. Lois shows up somehow. Uh, yeah, that that is the only part I don't like about that. Yeah. Is she's kind of just, hey, I'm here too. Yeah, they're they're fighting. They're you know, Zod's pissed, so he decides that he's gonna since Superman destroyed his race, he's gonna destroy the ones that Superman betrayed him them for. So he starts to use his heat vision to uh waste some family who could probably get away based <laughs> on where the the beam was. They could, you know, suck your stomach in and squeak by that, maybe. Um and then Superman uh breaks his neck a little bit. A lot of it, come to think of it. Um uh, what was actually I wanna know, what was your initial first time in the theater reaction of that? Good. Good? You were happy about it? Yes. Okay. Josh? Loved it. You, did you have, like, a physical reaction? Did you just say something, anything? Or just, like, oh, cool? I mean, I didn't have, like, a crazy <laughs> nice. reaction. I mean, I kind of kind of saw it coming. I mean... Oh, really? I mean, not, like, in a, oh, I could have called that, but, like, it's, like... It's, it's not subtle. The, the minutes leading up to it, or the seconds leading up to it. His I like, hands are around his neck. Yeah, I like the scream, personally. Like he Cavill did a really good job in that scene. He he conveyed a lot in that scream because like now he's alone. You know that's what it comes down to. Uh, he could have probably, you know, raised his head a little bit, or if he just if he like grabbed him and pulled him back so Zab was like laying on Superman. The the heat vision could have gone through the ceiling. So there are ways to do it, but the decision that they made, I'm okay with it. I think it was it took a lot of guts, and I can't help but respect him for that because that's, I mean, they didn't play it safe, is what I'm trying to say. And I really like it when people say, you know, let's take a risk. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, whatever. Like that's that to me that earned a lot of respect for so me. The thing about what you just said though, about how he could have moved his head, mm-hmm. or that wasn't the point of yeah. him breaking his neck. I know. It was the seconds leading up to it when he said. He just kept pleading with him to stop, mm-hmm. and then he says never. That's why he did it. Right. Because he's never going to stop, so mm-hmm. that's the only choice. It had so a little I bit think... of Batman Return or Dark Knight Returns to it when Joker mm-hmm. and Batman are in the tunnel. Except instead of doing it as like a split-second decision, Batman, as soon as the Joker got it, was like, oh, I'm going to fucking kill this guy. <laughs> oh, I'm so sick of it. Yeah, that's a great scene um does that like what does that do for superman though for you guys is that are you oh are you okay with him killing or is that a... yes i mean it's a one-time thing exactly yeah and they it don't establish that he doesn't do it his so. aversion to it, i mean he had to learn it from somewhere mm-hmm. pa kent did not once tell him 
don't kill guys. And he's mad. If anything, he he leaned to the side of, you know, maybe maybe you you should kill him. Yeah, like indirectly, of course. It's a way you have to learn. Behaviors are learned. They're not ingrained. But it's even even then it's not really I don't think it's about him learning to not do it. It's about him. It's because it's really you can get the sense that he doesn't want to. Oh, yeah. He doesn't want to do it. It's about him breaking his rule so that people can survive. And but is it a rule, though? It's not a rule yet. Though. I think That's... it. it's not. I think it is a rule. I think it's, does he say I mean, it, though? Not not yeah. in the sense that Batman like has that rule, but it's the sense that like he knows what's right and what's wrong. And okay. he probably thinks, I mean, it's just it's just morals. Um, not like a written role, but just like, you know, he knows that he shouldn't he can't kill people. Yeah. I feel like, like, I feel like the reaction of all Superman's not supposed to kill that is more appropriate if in the Dark Knight Batman snaps Joker's neck. Yes, like if that would freaked out about that. I'd be like, that probably okay, you're just now there. would make me mad. Yeah, not when I saw it in 2008 because I didn't know, but but if if they don't say that it's a big deal or I mean obviously killing is a big deal like I'm not I'm not trying to underplay the fact that he killed a guy, but. If it's not a established part of his character, that to me is more of kind of like a fight or flight, just gut decision in a way. Mm-hmm. That's I I I've always been forgiving that. Like I said, it's a risk that I think was a brave one to take, and it's definitely has it backfired on him. Maybe I don't think so. Superman does seem a little bit more savage. Like if I if I wanted it, you'd be dead already from the that one of those trailers. That's got me a little worried that they're making him bloodthirsty almost. So he seems a little bit too angry. Like I like him in in Man of Steel when he's Superman. He's kind of fun, you know. He he's like ah oh, these these handcuffs. It makes them feel safer. Or or when he says you're not gonna find out where I live, man, and he just crashes that flat the satellite. I like stuff like that. I mean, here's the thing though. He was never playful towards Zah. Mm-hmm. The way that we uh, see Batman and Superman really interacting so far is as enemies. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of a, a worry you shouldn't be having yet. Mm-hmm. Wait until you see. I know they're not going to throw another trailer out, but if you see him talking to Lois Lane like that, yeah, and like bitch slapping her, <laughs> like, <laughs> that'd be that'd be a way to go. That'd be another risk. That would be the domestic abuse, Superman. Paps Blue Tumblr Ribbon would Superman. not like that. Oh God, <laughs> Paps Blue Ribbon Superman, so funny. Um. So okay, I, right. Um, any other thoughts? Any last? Any last words? Some a scene that you liked, or a sequence, a line, a moment. Um. <laughs> or disliked, for that matter. What would you guys think of the flashback? The use of flashbacks, because a lot of people had a problem with that. I think it was all right. Yeah. It might have leaned a bit too heavily on Batman Begins, like that's how <laughs> Batman Begins was set up, but I think it's fine. Flashbacks are perfectly acceptable every once in a while. Honestly, I I said in the Deadpool episode how I hate origin stories. This was the, this is one of the better origin stories I think I've ever seen. It's what to, for me I like this way better than Batman Begins for that reason. I just it you learn the character through the story. The flashbacks, I don't buy Henry Cavill as a sixteen year old, and the fact that they tried to do that is a little offensive. But... <laughs> he wasn't like sixteen. He looked like he, he was, was like more eighteen just like, or twenty. Yeah, he looked like he was just in college age. Let's yeah. think. Um, when did John Kent? Is his name John? Pa, yeah. Jonathan Kent. When did he Pop. die? Um. So we can yeah. do some math here. Do you guys remember? Was it like nineteen ninety one? Oh, I don't remember 97? the date. Seven. 
there's like a year. There was a uh, in the oh, film. Oh right. They they show his right. uh, headstone. Oh, uh, I don't know. Because he's 33 when the events of Man of Steel takes place. Right. Oh wow. Like he's 2013. Ah, uh, son of a beast. Here, uh, talk so I can look this up. <laughs> so. I forgot where we were going for that. So Cavill would be like twenty, oh. young twenty something. Oh, here we go. Jonathan what? Kent, uh, nineteen ninety seven. So sixteen, he would have been seventeen years old in that scene. Oh, All right. Well, yeah, okay. I don't buy that. But yeah, I mean, he is an alien. That's true. But what else are you gonna do with that scene? So I don't mind it too much. I don't even know why we're having this conversation. You're not my parents. That was that was genuine though. That's like that's yeah, I like that's that. what adopted kids say. I like, know. I'm not. I'm just saying it's a and, good uh, line. I wasn't adopted. Okay, but how do you uh, know? <laughs> whoa, is that why <laughs> both my parents are black and I'm not? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, but yeah. That's little things. Little things. So, um, cool. Any any other scene that you guys want to talk about or element to the movie? Um, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. I enjoy it. Yeah. Good. Give it good. A watch if you haven't seen it. Oh, absolutely. It's... I'm excited for Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Yeah, rewatching that did it helped. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I'm still up and down with it, but you never know. All right, let's give this a uh, give us a grade here. Cody, we'll start with you. Okay, grade nine. Nine. That's solid. Josh. Nine. Even even better. Uh, let's see. I'll probably go. I'll go nine as well. Boy, that's, that's a census. Yeah, that's a good. I think that might be the first time we. Oh, Star Wars. Never mind. Star <laughs> Wars seven. Star Wars five. We gave can. Did we all give tens? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. So that's Man of Steel. Now uh, all the skeletons are out of the closet. Now we can finally talk about uh, Batman v Superman its entirety in in uh, just a few weeks. So awesome. All right, let's do a quick watching, reading, listening to. Cody, what's up? Uh, watching, reading, listening to. Not really anything. I've been busy. Yeah. Did you see a cat you liked? I saw my cat, so yeah. There you go. <laughs> so a little solidly for you. Uh, Josh, anything you've been um, talking The other, actually, uh, yesterday. No, was it yesterday? Two days ago. Um, I, was, I was just home. I had nothing to do all day. So I had myself a Disney day. Where oh <laughs> I watched and had an extreme emotional reaction. What would you um, what, what'd you cover in that? I watched Aladdin. I watched The Lion King, and then I watched Monsters Inc. and Finding Nemo and Toy Story Three. Jesus Whoa. Christ! Yikes. So are you are you okay? Like, do you need no. somebody to stay with you for the night, or what? Here, let me look at the. Uh, I'm gonna get the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Yeah. Or just call I, an escort service. Maybe. I was emotionally drained by the end of Saturday. Oof. I was just like, like my stomach was like achy and like obviously like tear, I tear. I'm I'm not even gonna try. You're, to you're describing ter- you're scri- describing tuberculosis a little bit, so maybe get. <laughs> I started coughing up blood. I'm not even gonna like try to mask like my ma- like my lack of masculinity. Like I cried, like I teared up all day. <laughs> like I was just like sitting on the couch, like tearing up, uh-huh. um, and I'm just like getting all emotional and like laughing at the same time. Mm. I was just like, oh my god, why am I doing this to myself? And then I put another one in after that. Um, and then, so those those are all the characteristics of a heroin addict, you know. <laughs> That's what they do, <laughs> but with heroin. <laughs> oh man. I feel like movie movie lovers and heroin addicts are pretty much the same kind of people. We're just <laughs> looking for the next high. <laughs> anyway, wow. That's what That's, I did. 
Well, so uh, of those, what was your favorite? Which one of those uh, do you like the most? Uh, the Lion King. Yeah. Another Hans Zimmer score there, buddy. Yep. Cool. <laughs> I just want you to know, we all love you here. You People love you. They care. I love myself, so that's True. why I do the things I do. Nice. Um, cool. Well, I went out into the theater, uh, caught a movie that we didn't podcast on. It was not really under much consideration because... I thought this was going to be a pretty run-of-the-mill kids movie, but it turned out to be um, not very run-of-the-mill. Uh, Zootopia. Oh, was it good? It's my favorite movie of the year. Really? Yeah. Nice. Like, by far. I think um, before that, the my quote-unquote, because I'm keeping up on uh, Letterbox, letterbox.com slash Mason Merritt, uh, of my 2016 movies. And before this, it was... So, so from one to five, Jane Got a Gun, Hail Caesar, Deadpool, Triple Nine, and then The Witch. And uh, Zootopia just kind of leapfrog all them. It's incredible. Wow. It's it's also, it's it's very, very, it's really, really good. Animation's great. It looks gorgeous. Voice cast is great. But it actually made me angry and sad because this movie is kind of the knee-jerk reaction to the rise of the Trump and the racists and just... It's it's a reaction to the awful people that have been coming out of the woodworks in the last eight months or so, and it's just saying, "Hey guys." I I mean, it was made way before that. Yeah. I know, and I'm it's and it's, that's amazing that this is it comes out at the best possible time for a movie like this to come out. I was thinking about that earlier, Josh. Um, but it's just it's a basic message, but not so many people know this and can and practice this that you can't really question. It's the right thing to do, no matter what, and that's to not be prejudiced, and that people are people. They don't, you, you know, if you have if you have bias towards them, that's fine. But they're also just they're human beings, and it deals a lot with like racism and literally take anything Donald Trump has said, and this movie is the opposite of that. It's it preaches the opposite thing, and it's also a crime thriller. Wow. So full of cute animals. So I just I might have to see that. That sounds I loved pretty good. It. I really loved it. Um. And the best thing of all is that I went to see this on a Saturday afternoon where there were not one, but two separate child's birthday parties. Oh, boy. One of the better theater experiences I've had in a, really? since maybe really? Star Wars. Probably the best in Star Wars. Yeah, these, the kids were great. They loved it. They were, they were not kicking seats. They weren't screaming or crying. It was amazing. I was so proud. I, I, I want to give them all a high five. But then I realized their parents would probably tase me but, <laughs> for poaching their child. Oh, <laughs> well. Um, yeah, guys, this is, it's a great movie. Uh, if not for Finding Dory, I'd say you could probably mail this in as best animated feature, but those two are going to be in an absolute dogfight for it, because... We haven't seen... I know, but... It's Pixar. It's Pixar, yeah, that's, that's like, that's safe money, is it? Finding Dory is going to be at least a 9. Like, that's my lowest, that's my worst case scenario, is that it's a 9 out of 10. So, and Zootopia is like a 9.5 at the moment, so I loved it. So, cool. Well, that was a jam-packed episode. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oof, covered a lot of ground. Um, awesome, so, yeah. Good way to end it there. Um, yeah, totally. So, next week, we've got something. What have we got next week? I haven't even looked. The 10 Cloverfield Lane next week. Oh, right. Right, right. Guess what? I still haven't seen a lick of footage. 
You didn't watch the trailer? No, not even not a trailer. I've avoided the TV spots. I've avoided everything. I'm completely blind. It's amazing. Good for you. I need to watch Cloverfield. Oh yeah, that's true. That's that's your homework for the week. So cool. One of you hasn't seen the movie. One of you hasn't seen the trailers. I've seen both. So. (laughs) Yeah, schmuck. (laughs) Oh well. Well, that's that's definitely going to be a fun conversation because that's oh I'm excited about that movie. So uh, until then, you can follow us at underscore realflix on the Twitter. Leave us an iTunes review. We'll read it on the air if, uh, if you're so inclined. So yeah, until until next week, you guys, take it easy. Bye. Yay. <laughs> I'm gonna need more pizzazz than that, Josh. Up the pizzazz like by three percent. Yay. That's bad. That's my boy. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Bye.